Three, two, one. Let's go! Right. I'm the host of the PBE podcast, Troy Tittlemeyer. I'm sitting down at Image 2023. You heard it right. This is the year 2023. When we're riding the razor's edge, we're on the edge of technology and new ideas and applying this to businesses in order for us to not waste any more time. We, waste is not just financial waste in 2023. Waste is, I don't want to spend 10 years, 15 years of my life, my career working on this problem if it's not important. It's not really making a difference. And if we don't ride that edge, we're taking up too much space. You know what I mean? Yeah, true. <laughs> so, sir, please introduce yourself and let's, uh, let's get your story. Oh, thanks, Troy. Charles Cusack. You want me looking here or here? <laughs> <laughs> Charles Cusack. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I've been on the gas my whole life Is pretty that much. Right? Um, I guess start from the beginning, I was like, my dad was a geologist, so I was kind of born into it. Right on. Went to A&M, got a degree in geology, minor in engineering. Okay. Um, my brother's a petroleum engineer. Okay. Older um, brother, younger brother? Younger brother. Younger I'm the oldest bro- of four. Oldest of from four. From Houston here. Born and uh, raised here, Harris County. Raised, yeah. Uh, Shoot. Lucky enough to have a little South Texas ranch, so we're in Eagleford there. So nice. just feel like we kind of grew up, you know, in all the gas business. Man. I used to roughneck. Really? You know, worked in the oil field. So. so putting tanks together, flow lines, working on the pump tripping, jacks. Tripping pipe more <laughs> and like working derricks and floors Jeez. and hey, all man, that good stuff. 12-hour days. Oh, man. Yeah, it was fun. Golly. But uh, help help pay the way through college, you know. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, so fast forward and went to work for Gulf Oil. I worked for a bunch of the majors and oh, man. some of the more smaller companies. A lot of great people over the years. Yeah. See a bunch of them here. And uh, now we have our little small company called Recoil Resources. Recoil, okay. And we do oil and gas drilling in the Eagleford Shale. We have a field in Wilson County. Hmm. Uh, it produces about 5,000 barrels of oil a day, about 130 wells. Wow. Horizontals? And, uh, oh, yeah, horizontals. All yes. of them? Yes. Wow. So, so you, you drilled those from conception to completion, all 130? We do. We, do. we wow. drill complete and produce them. Wow. You know, man. try to be the most efficient you can. You, wow. You try to be low cost but efficient. Yeah. And you try to, you know, you take all your learnings to, and you're continually learning the whole yeah. time. Yeah, it's, cr- it's crazy. Yeah, you know, after doing this for whatever happened, forty years, you're still learning stuff as you go. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, uh, it is. Man, so what did your dad do? He he was a geologist he, for a, a super major. Or? No, he was an independent geologist here in Houston, old wow. school, sliding logs on a table. <laughs> oh man, you know, pencil and paper, making maps, selling prospects. Jeez, you know, drilling wells that he had to go get money for and convince Whoa. somebody it was a place to go go invest and wow it's pretty cool i got a bunch of his maps still at our office oh man frame yellow i know i should (laughs) it's pretty neat that is really cool but you know what he instilled was the work ethic yeah you know in our family and do whatever it takes that's right that's exactly right and how about your grandpa your dad's dad and stuff they did all still trickle down from the oil and gas industry in harris county or no they weren't really oil and gas folks they were other businesses your dad was the pioneer in the on the oil and gas side. Oil and gas, yes. wow. Yeah. Man, the history. Yeah, you, there's something to that. You know, this idea that you're still, no matter how much experience we all have, if we're not, I mean, you can be as collective and, and integrated as possible. There's still just n- 
new ideas and slightly something different when you go into that that new area. There's still something new to learn with all this. You got fundamentals, you got 40 years experience, and that helps. I guarantee that helps. No, but, no doubt. <laughs> but still, you know, you, you got... Now, if you ever get to the point where you think you know it all, it's probably time to retire. <laughs> oh, man. Honestly, it'll pass you by in a, in a blink of an eye. You Jeez. better adapt and keep up with technology. Yeah. And there's always new stuff. I mean, look, look at here at this convention. There's all kinds of new technology and creative people and yeah. thinking outside the box. And yep. Man, the, uh, we did a summer rocks event just recently at the uh, Olympia Hills Golf Course in San Antonio. And the eagle for its outcrop in there. Right. And right. but it's a serpentine mud. And so it's the Tyronean boundary, which is Eagleford, made four point five billion barrels. You're drilling it and producing it. Right. At this golf course, it's a it's a serpentine green mud. You can smell the oil in it. I mean, it's just an amazing story right there. And you're drilling and completing out of that. You're getting oil every day out of that Eagleford. Oh, it's amazing. It- I mean, coincidentally, I read a, an article today about the Pearsall shale. It was written in 2008. Pearsall. And they had a map of the United States with all the shale plays. Yeah. And Eagleford wasn't even on it. Oh, it, man. It, it was just uh, a blink yeah. of an eye ago. But it was in, in 2008 when I worked at Petrahawk, we okay. drilled the first discovery well really? for the Eagleford. Uh, so i got to really? give a little shout-out to you know Floyd Wilson, Dick Stoneburner, Jana Beeson, who are Greg, these guys? Greg these Robertson. That was our, well, Florida CEO. Wow. Dick, Dick was the, uh, no, Florida was the CEO. Dick was the president. Uh, Jana Beeson was a geologist I worked with. Greg Robertson was an independent geologist that brought the idea to us. Our team pretty much collectively, you know, said put the play together. Floyd was like, go, 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 gave us the money. <laughs> oh, man. And we leased a bunch of acreage where it had never been leased ever before wow. down in McMullen, LaSalle counties. And we drilled the first two economic wells ever drilled. There have been plenty of wells that went through it. and It always had shows. Most people, like my dad, they considered it a nuisance because you would get a kick a lot of times. Yeah, and sometimes gas kicks, right? You'd get big kicks and you could lose a well. You'd make, sometimes have to set pipe through it. Whoa. cost you a lot more money. And little, little anybody know that new technology, same thing, could make it economic. Right. Going horizontal. Horizontal and putting large stimulations on. Right. That's the two big things that changed. Man. So the yeah. the uh, the Eagleford Reservoir and these 130 wells that you guys have, like, is the porosity and permeability in a specific part of the Eagleford lower or upper or the middle are you are you seeing it change over the area well it changed a little we don't see a lot of horizontal change that's the thing wow. about the Eagleford it's very consistent horizontally whoa but it changes vertically okay so it, if you're in a horizontal well there's a big difference between drilling in the upper middle or lower part of it so it will affect performance wow but it's very it's very consistent because a very very quiet energy environment when it was laid down. So it goes for miles and you can correlate every little blip, typically. <laughs> now, it changes as you move into the, you know, and, and over dozens of miles, but not yeah. typically over yeah. like, you know, 20 miles or so, it's about you, the same. You brought up the Pearsall horizontal story. I was told that that's really where the Texas Railroad Commission even got an understanding of how we're going to even begin to under like, regulate horizontal wells? It happened in that Pearsall field, is what I was told. 
that they, they went out there, they drilled some horizontals early, and then all of a sudden they're like, whoa, we're crossing mineral boundaries, we're crossing surface. Well, different yeah, actually, the Pearsall field, it was Austin Chalk Field. Austin Chalk. It wasn't, there were only very few Pearsall shale wells. Ah. It was mostly Austin Chalk. So the Austin Chalk boom all across the state is what first started the horizontal okay. rules. And then the, the Barnett Shale, yep. you know, around Fort, Fort Worth, Worth, that yep. was the first real shale play where, you know, again, you know, the Railroad Commission, everybody else started learning stuff. Yeah. And that's the first shell play I really worked was up Fort there. Fort Worth? Yeah. Is there pretty yeah. some similarities between the Barnett and the Eagleford? All the shells are pretty similar, all in all. Interesting. They're, they're both very tight, uh, low permeability, low porosity. They wouldn't produce unless you had this technology Yeah, to do it. Um, you know, and then the Haynesville and the Marcellus, the, you know, the Fayetteville, the... Yeah. Uh, the Bakken, which we worked also, it's not quite the same. It has better permanent porosity. The Bakken does. Yeah. Nice. That's why it's a little smaller frac sizes. You don't need the big, giant fracks in the Bakken. Okay. When you say big, giant fracks, what are the differences in sizes? I'm not too familiar with that. Lingo. Well, like up there, there may be 1,000 pounds, 1,500 pounds per foot. Okay. We're in the Haynesville now to unlock the... It, you know, they're 3,500 pounds of food. Wow. Big, and, you know, and that's all money. It goes with that. Or pretty damn close. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now, in the, the Eagleford, I think the sweet spot I saw is in 2,000 to 2,500 pounds of foot on most of it. Okay. In our field, we've actually gone backwards a little bit. We drilled a whole lot at 2,000, a whole lot at 1,500 pounds of foot. Yeah. And we found that the 1,500 pounds foot are just as good as the 2,000s. Nice. So why not save half a million per well? <laughs> yeah. You know? Yeah. So a lot of it's trial and error until you find out the sweet spot for your particular area. How about the uh, the chemistry of the of the fluids that's carrying the prop? And has that changed a lot? Is it fresh it, water, uh, more well, yes, produced for water? For sure. Yeah, there, there weren't slick water fracks early on. Okay. They, they used uh, gel and... Uh, Gels, yeah. They used jobs. They were a lot thicker and carried more propent but those in general just don't perform as well as the slick water wow wow you, you and i mean i think the way i understand more is that you create a more complex fracture system with a you know slick water okay where so the, you can get into more little cracks all over the place yeah and then get that propping in behind you and prop them open yeah instead of one big planar open frack yeah sheesh yeah. Man, that's cool. And so as far as, you know, going through everything you've got, you didn't obviously do horizontals in Eagleford your whole career. You were doing a lot of conventional stuff in the beginning of your yeah, career? Yeah, early on. Yeah. The, the horizontals started about 2005 or so for Whoa. me. Wow, the, man. You're a pine, You're like freaking, you're a legend, 2000, man. Maybe 2003 or four, actually. Really? But, yeah, for the Eagleford, our discovery, well, like I said, it was 2008. Okay. Um, and Petrog was a little public company, so we felt like we needed to go out and announce it, and we made the, a big announcement. Then everybody and their brother jumped, jumped into it now. And so the competition now, everybody. So while we were doing the gas window, EOG was doing the oil window. So at the same time they were leasing oil, we were leasing gas. Now back then, gas was 7 or $8 an MCF. So yeah. we just thought the economics were a lot better in the Heck gas. yeah, it's 7 8 bucks an MCF. Heck yeah. And it, so it's neat, but it's a gigantic trend. You know, it goes from Mexico all the way over through East Texas. Have you ever been approached by the Mexicans and said, hey, come help us when it crosses the border? I haven't, but a lot of companies have. You I mean, have? You heard of Lewis? 
Lewis Energy. So Lewis yeah. has drilled wells, I think, on the Mexican side also. Really? They have a really good relationship, what I understand. Really? Have and you ever so, met that guy? I heard I, I did. have. Really? I, I've been told by many that uh, we need to do a uh, podcast with him. Oh, you should. He's, he's very <laughs> interesting. When, when we're drilling our discovery wells, yeah. he had acreage all around there. So he he would buzz our location every day in his plane. <laughs> he pilots, he and he'd knew. come like yeah. He was like making sure he'd keep an eye and figure it out. <laughs> and so I mean, he has a great eagle for position. Done very well down there also. Jeez. But he was down there for other plays way before that. Yeah. So at, <clears throat> when you were doing the vertical and getting into the technical uh, horizontal and and uncon- like the unconventional, right? The true Eagleford unlocking this unbelievable resource that's made four and a half billion barrels of oil. I don't know if you know that, but the the cum production on the Eagleford right now, based on publicly available data, four point five billion barrels has come out of the yeah, Eagleford. That's crazy. I Not think it's twenty eight thousand something wells, horizontal wells, so far. So when you were going from from conventional to the unconventional stuff, where did you see geophysics? Where did you see seismic, microseismic, like that whole space? What were you watching there that you, right. you started picking up on? Like you know, there's there's value here. Well, I mean, just to back up a little and not to bore anybody, <laughs> oh, but on. I started my career offshore, oh, and so okay. the offshore was it boomed when 3D came along. And start shooting 3D everywhere, and you're chasing bright spots, and you could understand structures. Once it got mature, that end of it moved onshore and started shooting modern 3D surveys onshore. Okay. And then, then the onshore boom, because now you could take the Vicksburg and Wilcox and all these formations, and you could actually see the faults better. Wow. Because you had 3D. Yeah. All right. So then, and then chasing bright spots also, Frio and. Yeah, you wasn't whatever on the bright wow, spots. You know all that stuff. And right then, on. and then that started kind of like, you know, Peter now a little bit, and then you figured out well you could drill the source walk that sourced all of that. Yeah. And then now that's a whole another wave of 3Ds because you had in areas where you, you didn't have conventional plays, but right. you got it where they migrated from down dip, and so a whole another wave of 3Ds, and then every company shot 3Ds across every shell play. Everywhere, and it was a must. You, know, you had to have 3D. Number one, right off the bat, is you have to know where the faults are. Yeah. Because when you have a, a zone, you're trying to stay in a very thin zone. You can't fault out of it. Right. You know, it cost you millions of dollars to Jeez. fault out of stuff. So you have to understand where the faulting was. Jeez. And so when, I mean, when we actually defined our buy area in Hawkville, which was what we called the initial Eagleford buy area, in LaSalle and McMullen County, we had only 2D data wow. and only like two or three vertical wells. We used that 2D data to do a buy outline based on it wow. because in that area, you could actually see the thickening <laughs> into the basin. We had a doublet, trough peak, a trough peak, trough peak uh-huh. that petered out on the edges and became just a trough peak. So we had a edge of byline everywhere around there and that, wow. that, that was thickness. And then... So in the big picture, use it to like hone in on where you're going to lease. All right, now fast forward ten years and everything's leased. Now you're just trying to like drill the best wells you could drill. Wow. So you had to have exact verification of the faulting, and then past that you try to get attributes if you can. Right. Yeah. And see if there's sweet spots on porosity and things like that. Yeah. We never had a lot of correlation with that because, like I said, it just doesn't change. You know that rapidly going right. horizontally, 
to see yeah. it in the geophysical data, which has a kind of 100 foot by 100 foot discrepancy or yeah, whatever. More it's kind or of less, blurring the lines a little too much. All right. Now, uh, and then you said micro-seismic. Yeah. Okay, and that's yeah. kind of why we're here. That's I right, guess, micro-seismic. Bit. They're, that's they're, right. they're buying us our waters we're drinking. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers to that. Cheers, all right. <laughs> so I think it's very important for every field or every little acreage position or, you know, I don't know, just say a um, dozen times per county to have a good micro-sized survey. Hmm. So you know, first of all, you have to know exactly the stress orientation. If you think you know it, but you don't know for sure, you better find out for sure the stress orientation. Wow. Because you always want to drill perpendicular to maximum stress. To get the fracks to To get the most efficient. For You want that frack going out at 90 degrees, not at an oblique angle. Okay. Um, yeah. You, you don't cover as much surface area, and you also cause tortuosity if it's oblique. So, you, so to get your fluid and propent from the wellbore out to the to the formation, if you have too much tortuosity, it's it, it, it's not good on that, and it's not good for the oil or gas to come back in. It's way too complex. Also, the whole flow, so the, the I mean, fluid on, flow. On a very basic level, you need that. Wow. And then, and then when you do complete a well, that you know that you can model how high the energy goes, or how low, or how wide. Yeah. But you can actually see it on the microsized. Yeah. You can see the extent of the of the breaks, which is the the fracks. You don't know exactly what fills up with propent. You have to fill up the fracks, which these guys do a good job of. Okay. Of you know modeling after you frack it. So, I I'm going to talk over here in a minute. And I got some detailed slides to show. Oh, nice. Show some cool. of these some of the benefits of it. Uh, but the the well spacing is a real big one. Okay. When I was at Petrog, we put a buried o- array in that these guys did that covered, gosh, I don't know, probably twenty miles or ten miles by ten miles. Wow! What's a buried yeah. array? They actually put the geophones like dug them into they, the ground. They dig them in. They leave them there for this was going to be a year, and I think they left them in three or four years. <laughs> and just listen. We so, we sold the company BHP, and then. Devon also, and they kept it going. Wow. So, I mean, the data they gathered from that was probably invaluable. Wow. And, and so now you change your spacing, you change maybe your the amount of energy you frack with. You save millions and millions of dollars over the life of the wow. project. Wow. 10 yeah. miles by 10 miles, they put this array Yeah, and I forget there. the exact, it may have been bigger than that. It was a, <laughs> it was a huge array. Wow, and you, yep. were, you, were the one, you were operating that company that made the decision to go all yes. in on that. Yeah. And Microseismic Inc.'s the company that did it. They did. Yeah. Wow. Fantastic. Man. Are we up against time limit? Yeah. You got. Uh, you, you. When do you you kick off at some point, huh? Yeah, at four. Yeah. Oh, at four. I just need to go slam a couple of beers before then. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> we got time uh, then. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, let me give a shout out. Our salesman Ashley Ashley Shaw was phenomenal. Is that right? She's the one that hounded me for years that Is y'all that needed right? it. And, and we knew we needed it. The whole question is, it's it's not super cheap. Right. But you have to like look at the big picture of what it's going to cost oh, you man. to save you and your yeah. learnings from it. So I think it was worth every penny. But Ashley did an awesome job. Man. The whole company did, really. They stayed on top of it. They're very man. receptive. 
It's awesome. Yeah, when we needed something, they were Johnny on spot and got it for us. So when you laid out that 10 mile by 10 mile, let's just say that's the number, how many wells did you already have drilled underneath that? Oh, gosh, there were... 40 probably wow already and, and now there's already. probably 400 wow yeah. holy it's shit it's pretty neat that was li- and it's been listening that whole time for all that the drilling well the no they picked it up now oh they picked it up okay yeah. so the few years it was laid out is they learned a lot they learned okay. a lot of data so on the one we just did a recall there was a three well pad okay and so we laid out a surface array only because, you know, you need to do surface ray and or vertical yeah. wells or a combination. We did surface ray, and the data was awesome data. Sheesh. Very high confidence data. Sheesh. And you and fracked it. all three of those wells that you had? We did, you, simultaneously, yes. And, so you drilled and, them, you set casing, all right. set cement, and then and then you laid your surface array over the top of, of that? Yes, or, okay, right, so. right before we went in to actually complete them. Okay, so not while you were drilling? No, no, just... Okay. Just during the the fracturing, and then you had three wells being fracked at the same time. All at the same time, and we actually made a real time decision to change the operations as we were monitoring that data. Whoa, and that's it, how the it was pretty. Was- and, and we didn't know we were going to do this. Yeah, but one of the wells was a little longer than the other two. When you start at the at the very toe on all of them, so you go, you know, stage one at the toe of one stage two at the toe of the next one, stage three at the toe of the next one. Yeah. And you just keep alternating, doing si- simul-fracks. Because you save a lot of money by continuously fracking as you okay. go. Okay. So you're doing simul-fracks. But what we noticed is we got to about stage 13 or 14, that when the longer well caught up to the other two and now was was offset to the two that had already been fracked, mm-hmm. a lot of that energy was going towards those wells. So they were... A, they were a drain on the energy. Oh, wow. Just opposite what you might think, that they'd be pressured up. Pressured up. But they right. were pressure sink. Or are the fracture getting into those already fracked, existing fractures, and those all tended to go that direction. Whoa. So now yes. we so we caught this well up to where they're all even with each other for the rest of the well. And that and helped. You saw that? For sure. For sure helped. So it, it may have paid awesome. for itself. Son right there. Of a fish. Oh, no. Yeah, because how many more stages would have been just like gone to nothing? Well, the well may just... have been half the well that it would yeah. have been. Yeah. And it, and if you didn't have that, you would like never really know why. Like half right. the times we don't know why. You speculate, but yeah, something it, so simple though. It, when you, it was simple, when you right? Have the data. So a lot of times the way I look at it, you don't really know exactly where you're going to use science for. Yeah. But you 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 have no chance of using it if you don't acquire it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then it just surprises you how many uses you you find up you find with it. So That's anyway, fascinating, fascinating. What's the future for Recoil as your company right now? Or where it's going? You have all these technologies around you. You're just going to keep mastering kind of your position in the Eagle Ford and keep doing horizontals. Keep applying microseismic where you need it. You're just focusing yep. on that. Yeah, we're picking a rig up next week to drill wow. two more wells. Wow. Uh, we're about five, like I said, five thousand barrels of oil a day. We're kind of in maintenance mode for our little group. It's about as big as like we have enough money to get to. So we're going to keep it about that and let oil prices kind of stabilize in the 80s and turn around and sell it to somebody and let them Man. throw a lot of money at it and go really yeah. grow it to 15,000 barrels a day. Wow. And then go Man. do it again, hopefully. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, good luck, man. I'm rooting for you. Appreciate it. I uh, certainly learned a lot from you in this show. It's uh, fascinating, the, this, this micro-seismic data coming back in real time. 
making adjustments based on that data, having the confidence you do in the data. I'm hearing that loud and clear from this, and, and I'm, I'm rooting for you, man. All right, Troy. Appreciate it. Yes, sir, Troy. Thanks. All Thank right. Thank you.